Welcome to POP. My name is Pastor Tony Katko, and this is a shortened version of our sermon from January 1st, 2023. I'm going to start with our reading for today, which is the story of Jesus' baptism in Matthew chapter 3. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so for now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw God's Spirit descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from the heavens said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. This past week, I was thinking about that song that we all hear around New Year's, Old Lang Syne. Old Lang Syne, if you didn't know, it's not actually Old English, it's a Scottish folk song. And that title literally means, for old time's sake. So if you think about the words that you sing in that song, what you're saying is, should we forget about our old friends? Should we never think about them and the times that we shared in the past? No, let's share a drink, a cup of kindness, as we reflect on the past together for old time's sake. I actually think this is an interesting song to be part of our culture around New Year. Because people often say, New Year's is this time for a fresh start, out with the old, in with the new. And if the last year was rough, as the past few years have been rough for many of us, we say, let's hope that this year is better and forget about the last year. It's a new year, time to be a new year. We make a new you. We make resolutions and intentions to change things about ourselves so we can forget about the past and make the future better. But that song, Old Lang Syne, gives a different message, doesn't it? Before we try to figure out where we're going next, let's remember what brought us where we are. So I want to do the same thing with Jesus' baptism. This story is included in all four Gospels, and his baptism always marks the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. So it's marking that a new thing is happening. But this new thing in Jesus, it doesn't throw out the old. If you really want to understand Jesus and his calling, it helps to know the tradition that he came from. Parts of the Gospels, including parts of Jesus' baptism in this reading, include these callbacks to something older. So when Jesus is baptized, we're told that God's Spirit descends and rests on him. And then that voice from heaven says the line, this is my son whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. But listen to what you find in Isaiah chapter 42. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights, or with whom I am well pleased. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. That should sound familiar to you. This language at Jesus' baptism isn't new. That voice from heaven calls back to this message from the prophets hundreds of years before. And this verse is one of a few different passages in Isaiah that scholars refer to as the servant songs. They talk about this servant chosen by God to play this special role and be a leader with God's people. Now, of course, Christians very early on connected the servant in Isaiah with Jesus, the Messiah. But here's the interesting thing about Isaiah. He gives some mixed messages about who that servant would be. This chosen servant could be someone who would come a long time in the future like Jesus, 
But then you find these references to the end of the exile, which is what Isaiah's audience were going through at the time. And it says that this servant would be a leader that God would lift up to help guide them through their current problems. So it was maybe this leader right now. But then in chapter 49, God says this, you are my servant Israel in whom I will be glorified. So in that passage, God's chosen servant is not just one person at all. God's calling Israel, the whole community. A few verses later, God says this, it is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the survivors of Israel. I will give you as a light to the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Now this too is nothing new. It's referring back to the covenant with Abraham before Israel even existed. Abraham was told that his descendants would form a nation, and through his family, all the families of the earth, all the nations would be blessed. And so this servant in Isaiah, who's chosen by God to do some special calling, is it the Messiah, Jesus? Or is the servant some other leader during the time of Isaiah? Or is the servant all of God's people? I think actually the answer is yes to all of those. Let's think about what Messiah means. At some point, the people of Israel believed that a Messiah would come, a particular chosen person would restore the kingdom of Israel. And as Christians, of course, we believe that Messiah is Jesus, who we call the Christ. And Christ isn't Jesus' last name. Christ is just the Greek word for Messiah. They mean the same thing, and Christ and Messiah literally mean someone who is anointed. Now, someone who is anointed is a person who is marked by oil, and that oil was an outward sign that they had been chosen by God for a special calling. But here's the thing. In Israel's history, there were many people who were anointed. Every king was anointed. Every priest and prophet was anointed. They all were marked by oil because they had been chosen by God to play an important role as leaders among God's people. In other words, being anointed was a special calling, but it wasn't a unique one. Now fast forward to the time of the Protestant Reformation with Martin Luther. Martin Luther started to use this phrase, the priesthood of all believers. Now Luther said that there were certain people who were called to be pastors, and pastors play a particular role in the church that's not for everyone. But if we understand priests to be people who are ordained, people who are anointed and called by God for ministry, by that understanding, Luther said, every person who is baptized is a priest. That's why Lutherans use oil when we baptize someone, because you are anointed, you are chosen by God and called for ministry. You see, those words from the heavens as Jesus is baptized, they're true for you and me too. You are a child of God who God loves. God takes the light in you just as you are, which means that God has a calling for you too. As Christians, we often say that Jesus is the light of the world. And it's true, Jesus is the source of goodness and love. But do you remember what Jesus says to us about that? You are the light of the world. So let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven from Matthew chapter five in the Sermon on the Mount. That's part of what we say as we light candles during baptisms. 
I often get the sense that a lot of us don't really know what to do with baptism today. It's this kind of strange ritual that we do because we're supposed to. And then with little ones, it's this heartwarming moment. But after that, we don't really think about it much. But when you think about what baptism means, we all could use that reminder. You are a loved child of God, and God has a calling for your life right now. Maybe the next time you're doing dishes, or when you finish washing your hands, you splash some water on your forehead and you say those words to yourself, I am a loved child of God. God has a calling for my life today.